Yes, people, Albert JTV is back for weekly surgery, episode 13, people. It's been a while, but before we get into it, let's smash the intro. There you have it, people. Surround intro into episode 13 of Weekly Surgery. We are back, people. Um, as I always say, boss up the like button, smash it, kick it, poke it, push it, whatever you want to do, man. Get them algorithms up, people. Audio listeners, you will not be neglected. So this will go on my Spotify and Anchor so you can hear my dulcet Southeast London tones, people. Um, but yeah, as you can see along the bottom of the screen, people, my amazing guest panel, go and follow their Twitter handles ASAP and I'll give them an intro into their channels as well if you haven't subscribed already. If you haven't, then what are you doing, people? Go and do it now. Um, so yes, people, man, weekly surgery. Uh, not long now to the Premier League season starting. Transfer window is still ongoing. Uh, let me introduce my amazing Arsenal family in the panel today. So starting with G talks Arsenal, bro. Welcome back. How you been? How you doing, bro? You know what? I'm good, man. I'm good. Yeah, I can't lie. Um, I took a little walk down to the beach uh, this afternoon. Um, been a bit of a hectic couple of days at work, so yeah, took a little stroll. It was a nice day. Um, got a fresh trim, so you know what I mean. Feeling good. Feeling That's positive. Great, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, no, feeling good. Feeling positive about Arsenal. Um. Obviously, the, you know, the, the um, England women team uh, being successful at the Euros, fantastic achievement. And I know we're going to get into that. But yeah, no, really good, man. Glad to be here. It's been a while since I've been on and I've been waiting for the invite again. I knew it was coming at some <laughs> stage, but, you know, I thought I'd be patient before I asked. But yeah, no, all good this end. No, no, bless. Thank you for coming on, man. People, as I said, G Talks, go and follow and I'll give the, 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 the channel plugs during the course of the stream. And my brother from another mother, Mr. Arsenal Analyze. Man is moving on fire recently, man. Ben Jacobs is on the channel. Charles Watson's on the channel. I said to JC on the, on the channel the other day, but listen, man, we'll get all seen on there. We'll get Tom White from Sky Sports. We'll get Big Boy. <laughs> Welcome back, man. <laughs> mate, you're far, far, far too kind. So, uh, mate, if I ever get Ornstein on the channel, mate, I promise you can come along and ask some questions with me. So, yeah. um... But no, I appreciate the invite. Blow up, bro. <laughs> I appreciate the invite, though, mate. It's been uh, it's been a while since we've sat down on your channel, and I'm looking forward to getting stuck into some of these these questions this evening. Yeah, of course, man. No, much love to get you guys on, man. Like I said, Arsenal family, man. And not not last but not least, co-founder of Weekly Surgery. I, I need to get that in because that's important, man. This man was from the originals, Mr. RJ Wills, man. Welcome back, bro. How you been, man? Oh, you're too kind. Co-founder. <laughs> now you you built that house. I just helped you with the bricks, man. This is your Thank foundation. You. But I appreciate it anyways, man. I appreciate you guys all. Hello, G. Hello, Jake. Hello, everybody. It's good to be back on the surgery. And I can't wait to get stuck in with all the topics we are talking about. Yeah, 100%, man. Um, yeah, it's good to get you guys on, man. It's been, it's like I said, it's been a while. It's been a while. Um, 
And yeah, last, yes, so I guess the first thing we're going to talk about, people, as you know, weekly surgery is obviously we're all Arsenal fans here, but I, I do mix it up with the, the stuff we talk about on here. So it would be totally remiss of me not to mention the Lionesses. Euro 2022 champions. Um, as you guys know, uh, myself, I was covering a tournament, obviously with um, G Channel, uh, G Channel, Canon Chatter. Um, I knew for a while I was going to cover the women's Euros um, anyway, um, because I followed England for quite a long time in terms of um, tournament football. This is going way, way back, man. Even some of the girls that probably played in the team during the tournament weren't even born. That's how long it goes back. That's a relationship, man. Trust me. So, um, yeah, massive, massive, massive achievement. Um, amazing tournament. Amazing standard of tournament, actually, in terms of not just the England games, but the tournament as a whole. Um, tried to watch as many games as I could. And went to one of the games, Spain versus Germany. Um, Spain is a very, very gifted team, man. Jesus, they, they, ladies can play ball, man. But sort of coming to JC first, mate. Um, what did you make of the tournament for what you saw of it? And um, sort of what impressed you about England throughout the tournament as well as just winning it? So I'm, I'm one of these these fans, football fans, if I'm being honest, I'm a bit guilty of, of not following the women's football as much as mm. I probably should have been um, over the last few years. And it, and it really has come on leaps and bounds, uh, not just in the UK, but but worldwide. There's an, a huge appreciation for, for women's football. And I, I watched the final. That's probably the only game that I have watched. Um, best one, bro. best seen... one, bro. <laughs> Save the best one to uh, to get involved. Yeah, I have seen some games in the past outside of the Euros. Um, I've seen the Arsenal women play a few times, um, some of the previous international tournaments. But um, as far as the standard of football was um, in the final, I was really, yeah. really impressed. Um, it was end-to-end -end stuff. And um, extra time, I wasn't expecting it. The subs that the manager made were fantastic. I can't remember too many names. I know Leah Williamson plays for Arsenal and Mead. But that's about it, if I'm being honest with you. But they seem to have made a good impression. And um, hopefully now, not only the England team, but this is a message that can be built upon in, in our country. No, well said. On comes G-Talks. Just off the back of that, obviously, I saw the open letter from the Lionesses to the incoming Prime Minister after Boris Johnson, whether it be Rishi Sunak or Liz Trust. Um, very strong-worded um, open letter. Um, I saw a few news reports, G, in terms of the participation whether that be at secondary school primary school and also sort of in youth clubs um it's not great but in terms of allowing the access for these the ladies to play football so um again sort of touching on that towards the end but um yeah what did you make of the tournament as a whole and obviously England winning the whole thing yeah so for me it's like when it comes to women's football um it's very similar to Jake in that um, it's not something I've massively followed so first of all I want to say big up to yourself because I think um, you know, being you, you know, being a man in this industry, um, obviously, you know, covering um, you know, men's football, whether it be Arsenal, whether it be England, I think the fact that you've you know you supported and tracked the women's team for, for this length of time, I think is very commendable. So big up to you, Albert. A lot of us need to follow Trent with that. Um, but the tournament aside, like aside from that, like the tournament itself, I didn't watch the games during the group stages, if I'm completely mm. honest, but I followed the results. Um, and from what I'd kind of seen in terms of the score lines and stuff, it seemed pretty plain sailing. Um, I know there was a couple of big wins in there um, mm. against some of the couple, up, couple of the other teams. The first game I actually watched was England versus Spain. 
And okay. I think one of the okay. reasons why I watched that is because I'd heard so much about um, the phenomenal quality of particularly the, the Spanish um, women's team. I was very impressed with the level of football. Now, mm. the last time I probably watched um, an international women's game, I don't know how many years ago it was. Yeah. In terms of the jump up in quality of what I saw years ago to what I witnessed in, in the game between England and Spain, I, I was actually blown away. Yeah, um, I, I really was. I, I was massively impressed. And the one of the reasons I was really interested in that game was because of the quality of the opposition. I think England were pretty much seen as favourites with a couple of the other teams that had, they played in the group yeah. stages. And I wanted to really see what the Lionesses were about. Um, particularly when they play in Spain. And obviously they got through with an extra time winner, et cetera, et cetera. Um, the game against Sweden, some of the goals in that game were absolutely phenomenal. Um, yeah. Honestly, you know, some of the... Lessie. Sorry, Lessie Rufus, you called the yeah. Iraq was a was, was just out of this world. Again, I was really impressed by the quality. And obviously coming to the final, I was a bit worried uh, for the Lionesses, if I'm completely honest. And the reason why that was is because they were coming up against a juggernaut. Um, because obviously, as I was following the results, you start to read and pick up on certain things on the timeline and certain art articles that you're reading. And I know Germany, I learned that Germany were nine time winners of the yeah. Euro. Never lost so, the final. Yeah. So I was thinking to myself, wow, you know, if, you, if, you, if you're going to win a, a major international tournament, boy, you know, it's going to be tough because Germany are quite clearly a really strong side in, in, the, in the women's format of the game. So I was worried about that, obviously the opposition. I was worried about the pressure um, of them going into this game, having never won a major you know, tournament at that level. But also, not just the football side of it, but also like the kind of political side of it. You know, yes. it really felt like they were carrying the weight of a nation, the weight of, you know, all the political stuff in terms of gender inequality. And I felt like this is massive pressure, like massive pressure. I felt like it was a massive, massive achievement, them getting to the final anyway. But I I really wanted them to go on and win it, to really kind of stamp home, you know, that message. And, and, and you know, kind of just kind of it wouldn't it wouldn't necessarily have felt like a um, like a failure had they lost. But it would have just been the icing on the cake had they won. And I think. Going into that game, having taken the lead and conceding a goal at a real crucial time in the game, I think it was around between like the 60 and 70th minute it was, yeah. um, I started to feel like, because I was watching it with the family, and I started to feel like at that point, oh, here we go, age-old enemy Germany, you know, this this is either going to make this team or break this team. And to be yeah. honest, they came into, they came in, they grew into the game um, and they went on to win the game and, and I was massively impressed. So I think all the plaudits that these players are getting, um, based on the fact that they've won this competition, I think are fully deserved. Um, you know, whether whether you're looking at this from a football aspect or from a society or cultural aspect, I think is absolutely huge. Um, you know, I, I think it's a massive, massive achievement. In terms of the, you know, what's kind of come out in terms of the government making a statement, you know what, I, I'm going to be sceptical in, yeah, in terms of that because um, the government, they like to talk, you know, and, and they very rarely actually follow through with, you know, the promises that they make. Um, and that's just in general politics. You know, there was a time when I was really invested in politics. I've got a degree in politics. But for me, I kind of lost faith in, in politicians and politics in particular because they talk a good game, but they very rarely walk the walk. I really hope they do and follow through with their promises because I think it's, I think it's embarrassing that, you know, we live in a society where, you know, young girls can go to school and can't even access, you know, football. Yeah, or the that's, I think that's the problem. 
I think I think that that in itself just 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 tells you where the problem lies. So it's it's an amazing achievement, you know. Hats off to the to, to the to the women who who you know obviously performed and and won the the competition. But I just really hope that it's not just the fact that it's going to be trending for the next week. I hope that real change actually comes about culturally, you know, throughout society. Um, and let this, as the statement said, let this be the beginning of something special. No, well said, G. Brilliant. Now, um, RJ, before I come to you, no, it's um, it's important, man. I think. Listen, I, I've I've grown up watching. A, like I always say to people, listen, I, I much as I love football and, and and Arsenal and whatever, I I love sport generally. I'm a massive sports fan. Um, I've seen some unbelievable achievements um, in team sports and, and individual sports, as highlighted with Emma Raducanu in tennis. She's done something that nobody else has ever done in the men and the women's game. You know, she won a Grand Slam without losing a set from qualifying in a probably fourth tournament only. Um, I've been, like I said, I've been lucky enough to watch the England women's rugby team win a World Cup in recent years. Um, the cricket team winning the 50 over, 50 over World Cup. Um, listen, individual sports like athletics, Kelly Holmes, double gold in Athens. There's been, I could, I could list so, so many. Um, and you make a good point. I, you don't want it to be just, uh, uh, you know, trending for a week or so. That's why for me, it was so important. People asked me how England were doing the tournament. And I've seen two, I've, listen, no one's got a divine right to win a, a, a global title or, or, or a major tournament. But when the opportunity is there to win one, not to get to semi-final and, you know, we give people a pat on the back and, you know, maybe next time. It was so important, not only that they got to the final, but that they won it um, because the kick-on effect should be massive. And, you know, we talk about legacy, this, and we could we could talk all day about London 2012 and people talk and argue about, you know, the legacy's been lost and we've not done enough. That That's another argument for another day. But I think it was so key that they won this tournament, it, you know, and, and to win it the way they won it and... Let me not say too much. I'm going to bring in RJ. I know you obviously caught it from sort of the latter stage of the tournament, but what did you make of the Lionesses and, and the, the tournament and the quality of the standard? Um, yeah, like you said, I did catch it very, very late on from like the semi-finals, and I'm guilty of that. I do apologise for that. But for me, who's not really an avid watcher of women's football, I have to say I was very, very impressed. And, you know, like, like G said, when they got to the final, <laughs> I was as nervous as I was <laughs> for this final, as yeah. you remember, Albert, from the final yeah. of when yeah. the men's versus yeah. Italy. And I was sitting there thinking to myself, Germany, Germany, Germany. And you all know what Germany are like. They're very yeah. serious. And as the game was getting on, it just seemed cagey, it seemed tight. I'm just thinking, anyhow, this goes to penalties. I'm, I'm going to shit. I'll be honest. With you. <laughs> <laughs> but when we finally got it open, I thought, yes, thank God. You know, just relax, calm. And I thought, okay, compose yourself. Then I started seeing mistakes a little bit. Mm. Then I started to get nervous again. And then eventually Germany scored because it just started to get nervy. And then for me, the way, um, oh, what's the, oh, apologies if I've got a name. You've got the winner. Um, Chloe Kelly. I thought initially, we'll just that's it, Chloe Kelly. Apologies because when he went for the corner, I thought I said to myself, if you're so typical, we just got the header in, you know, and we always got it there, but yeah, they didn't give up. And she she just got in there and just tapped it in when the ball was loose. 
And then I just thought, that's it. We've got it. You know? And I was so happy for them. Not only the fact that obviously England are bring it home, but I just felt like, can there be some, a little bit more respect now for what they've accomplished? Because, you know, even after the, after they've won it, you know, I just saw a lot of jokes and memes going around. I just like, I'm not, I'm not really feeling this, man. You need to yeah, just yeah. all that. Be appreciative of what yeah. they've done. And they've brought Massive home achievement. Massive. Exactly. And, you know, I hope this spurs on uh, all the girls out there that are trying to get to their level one day. And, you know, it really inspires them because if there's something I've been noticing the last few years is that women's football is getting bigger. And this, especially for this country as well, mm. is something that can spur on and go forward. So for me, kudos to the women, man. I was very happy and, you know, congratulations to them. No, big up to you guys. Um, I mean, like I said, I've, I've followed them. Um... There's a lot of lot of pioneers that have gone way before. Listen, we're, we, we're living in a time of very, very long time ago, women weren't allowed to play football. It was banned. Um, and you fast forward now to England winning a major tournament in their home nation. It's, in, it's an incredible, incredible, incredible story. Um, I think what impressed me about England, there's many things that impressed me about um, England during the tournament. They had a very, very talented squad. I, this, it's, for me, it's the best England squad I've seen personally going into a major tournament, if, if I'm being honest. That's no disrespect to the, the ladies that played previously in other tournaments, but there was a good chance of them winning the tournament. Um, they've got a fantastic manager in Serena Wiegman. I mean, I love the woman to pieces. I mean, back-to-back heroes in home mm-hmm. country. It's, it's phenomenal. She hasn't lost the game. Um, England were in, in, were in positions in a tournament where they went ahead. They got pegged back. Went ahead again. Um, went a goal down. Um, a completely obliterated teams in second half performances. Our substitutions were fantastic. Ella Toon, fantastic midfield player. Brilliant goal in the final. The way she took that, wow. Um, Kira Walsh, who I love to piece. What a, what a player, midfield player. Did you see that pass for Ella Toon? That's incredible. Yeah. I, I yeah. call her the pillow of the women's game. She, she's amazing. I mean, I saw her four years ago when they played in the last World Cup in 2019 and I think she's about 19, 20 now. I think she's about 24, 25 now, but amazing. Um, Leslie Russo, Leslie Russo, um, one definitely for the future. There's so much, uh, there's so much of a talent pool, but their game management especially was fantastic. When they played Spain in the quarterfinal, they got the goal. I thought they managed the game superbly. You get, like, like you guys mentioned, they're playing Germany. Germany hadn't lost the final before. Mm-hmm. They're very, very good side of Germans. Even when, you know, England went one nil up and Germany was still very dominant in, in certain areas of the pitch. And I thought as the game got stretched, I thought it, I actually thought it helped England because to me, during periods of the game, they got the ball, but they overturned it way too easily. They, they, they should have been much better in possession. But I thought in extra time, both teams were getting really, really tired. So I thought that for me worked in England's favour a little bit for them to make the ball stick a bit more. But um, yeah, an, an unbelievable achievement. And I must say this um, before we move on to... Um, Talk about Arsenal stuff. So let me go to the chat quickly. Doug, my guys in the chat, my Liverpool fan, my guy. Congratulations on the marriage, my friend, man. Much love, man. Yeah, no worries. No worries. Ray's in the chat as well. Big up to you, Ray, man. Ray, getting you on soon, mate. Don't worry. But one thing I want to say, I'm, on, I'm probably going to get you guys' opinions on it quickly. Um, and I'm not afraid to say this. I think what we need to do 
and I will probably use racism as an example. Um, I could sit around a table and talk to 10, 15 black guys and talk about racism, but that's great. But I, I need my, we need our white counterparts on board or people outside of the BAME community to, to combat this. So what I don't want to see in the women's game, which I've been seeing, RJ's touching it a little bit, is the sort of, it's not us against them. It's not, oh, the women won the Euros, the men didn't. I've not got time for that. Because if you want people to get on board and fully support the women's game, stop that narrative because you're not doing the women's game any any service whatsoever. You're doing it a disservice. So be smart in the way you cover the content. Embrace the women's content. Promote the women's content. Big up the women's content. But don't turn this into a us against them. I'm not, I'm not about that personally. I'll ask the guys their opinions. But yeah, just be very careful how you're putting across what you say. This is not a contest for me. Appreciate, as I mentioned before, I loved it when Raducanu won the US Open. I wasn't thinking, oh my God, like Andy Murray didn't win them. Andy Murray's not won the US Open men's title. You, like you, To have that type of narrative, there has to be something wrong with you. Like stop that. It's not doing, it's, you're doing it a disservice, people. Don't do that. So yeah, I just want to get your thoughts quickly. I'm going to come to G first, mate. Yeah, I think, I think with regards to that, I, I, I can see where it comes from. Yeah. Um, and I think where it comes from is because, you know, a lot of the time, you know, people look at the kind of social media and they they see a lot of um, a lot of evidence of like ignorance and, um, you know, people call like chauvinistic, you know, male chauvinistic pigs yeah. in terms of the things they say. Because I, I saw what RJ is talking about. I saw a lot of memes and stuff that was, you know, people would consider banter, but I just considered just completely disrespectful. Yeah. Um so I can see why there is a temptation when the women um, have come, you know, come away and won that, um, the won the Euros. I can see why there's a temptation to go, yeah, look, ha ha, you know, we did it, the men couldn't do it. But like you said, that that is the wrong route. Yeah, to go. completely it's the wrong, complete wrong angle to go from because you can't achieve something in terms of like, um, you know, progressing the the women's game and building the women's game up. And, that, and getting that togetherness as a footballing community, if you're going to encourage division, it's impossible. It's not going to work. Yeah. It, it just does. It just doesn't work. So I, I was, as as RJ was saying, you know, during that game, as I was as nervous watching the women in that Euros final as I was watching the men against Italy, and I was yeah. as happy, you know, watching them lift that trophy as I would have been had that been, you know. Uh, um, uh, you know, uh, the male version um, of, of, of the England team. For me, you know, I think for a lot of us, um, you know, on this panel, and I think the vast majority, we don't see race, we don't see gender, um, you know, we just see people. And it's very much, you know, we're, we're all very much aware that the women's game needs to grow. Um, there needs to be investment. It needs to be pushed. At the same time, like I said, we, we need to do it from the right angle. And it did it did annoy me because there were there were you know as much as there was a lot of disrespectful tweets um, with regards obviously the women winning it you know people belittling them taking the Mickey etc cetera, etc cetera. there were a lot of tweets as well you know do, doing this whole tit for tat thing and kind yeah. of you know, men against women and women against men and I, I'm not really feeling that vibe at all because I I was I was very happy you know that they brought this trophy home and I, I must happy. admit. The, the reaction in terms of the disrespectful tweets towards the women and disrespectful kind of, um, you know, reaction, that as well as 
um, the stuff where it was kind of pitting the men against the against the yeah. women's. It kind of took the gloss off for me. It's very similar to when you know the, the the lads actually went to the final against Italy and they lost. Like now, I know obviously for me, you know, they didn't win. They didn't win the trophy. They lost. Um, but at the same time, yes, I was gutted. I was disappointed. But for me, it was a phenomenal tournament, and I think a lot of the players in that in that tournament did really well. And again, what took the gloss off for me was you know the racial connotations that the fact that the three players yeah. you know, missed the penalties they, they were racially abused online so it, it's it's a different scenario because we've got the men's team who failed to win but here we've got the women's team that won the euros but it's very similar in the way it made me feel after because after getting over the initial emotion of i have a sadness for the men and jubilation for the women i could see the narratives you know particularly on social media and it yeah and it imagine just wasn't nice it just yeah. wasn't nice so yeah, I, I don't. I think I think the people people out there that are rational, people out there that have common sense, and I think people that really want the women's game to benefit, you know, and 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 basically grow stronger from this absolutely phenomenal, you know, achievement. I think you know they are the ones pushing out the right narrative and pushing out the right, you know, kind of agenda and stuff. And I think the others just need to kind of take a look in the mirror and just see, you know, what it what is it you want to achieve. Yeah, because 100%. If, if you if you fully understand what it is you want to achieve in terms of promoting and progressing women's football, then creating a division between men and women is not the it's way. It's not going to work. It's well, well said. Well said. I'm going to get JC's thoughts quickly. Anything on to say, JC? Yeah, just very quickly. I think for for me, like like G said, you know, I think everyone um, on social media will have seen at least something. Um, disrespectful or negative towards the the women's game um, after the game after the final, and to me it, it's it's the same group of people, men or women, win or lose, racists, sexists, you name it. It's the same mm. groups of people that always seem to target for one reason or another, mm. and and it's it's horrible. And I see a report. I think it was either today or yesterday on Sky Sports highlighting the amount of abuse that certain football players have received on Twitter. Yeah. Um, and I know it's not the same category, but it's the same thing. It's trolls. It's it, 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 something needs to, to happen. And you only have to look at, I, I, I have notifications on my Twitter, for example, for the, the Arsenal account. And you only have to look at the messages that Bakayo Saka and Aaron Ramsdale sent before the final. And, you know, yeah. they're, they're fellow professionals supporting the women's game. You know these these guys are getting behind them. Why can't we, um, as a yeah. football community? So it baffles me, um, and unfortunately, it hurts me to say it, but it, it will continue for for many years to come until these social media platforms decide to do something about it. Then, unfortunately, it will continue to go on and on and on. But it, it's people like us who appreciate the game that have to keep fighting that good fight. No, well said. Big up, Jace RJ. Come in, bro. Quickly, um, you know, like you guys have covered it very well. Um, it's annoying because it's like I said earlier, you know, the last couple of years, women's football has really started to come up. And, you know, like I said, when when the women's, the Lionesses won the Euros, I thought, okay, this is some respect now from a lot of these idiots that were out here not really giving them a chance in terms of I was with his football. Just the chauvinistic, sexist pigs out there that just, you know, 
don't really see what's going on. And another thing, just to quickly end this off, what makes me laugh the most is the fact that some of these fools that are out here saying all this, I guarantee you their daughter's probably interested and probably want to kick ball and probably well were said. inspired to do all this stuff. Yeah, so well if that's the case, then what are you doing for your daughter if she wants mm-hmm. to go and do something and achieve something that's as amazing as that? That's all I have to say on this. No, well said. Now, guys, you've covered that fantastic. I just wanted to say that because I just thought even before the Euros, um, you know, for the for I think as as content creators, particularly in the YouTube side of it, in terms of whether you're male or female covering the women's game, particularly females, just be a bit more listen, like so you you what you need us on board as well. We're mm-hmm. we're here to help, we're here to help grow the game in terms of a YouTube content side of it and bring an awareness to it. That's why I said winning the Euros was massive. Being on primetime news at 10 or being on GM Good Morning Britain, I see so many interviews galore. That's what they need. They need to be visible. And I must oh. say, I'm gonna give a shout out to um there's some a lot of emotional people out on, on Sunday, man. I mean, I don't know how I done my match quick match reaction in one take. It was hard. Um Georgina's in the chat. Um Holly there's in tears, man. I know there was a, a no, I, I I get it, I get it. This is it's it's important. Um it wasn't great chats with those two ladies in particular, man. So I, I know how important it was. Even Keith talked about it, so he, he welled up and felt emotional. I did, like I said, I followed it a long time. Um, if anyone asked said to me 20 years ago, you'll, you'll see England women win a, a major tournament at Wembley at home in a home tournament, you, you probably would never have thought it, but it happened. It can happen, it has happened. So, um, big up to you guys on the panel. Um, Georgina, if you're in the, in the chat, love you to bits, man. The Penzance Queen and Holly Agon, but I know you're Tottenham, still love you anyway. But <laughs> now, guys, much love for that, man. I want to get that sort of first sort of highlight that because it is important, I and mean, of course. Beth Mead, our very own yeah. player of the yeah. tournament, yeah. top goal scorer of the tournament. And you know what? Thing with Beth Mead before we quickly move on to back to Arsenal is, um, I always said with Beth Mead, it's not just the fact that she scores goals; she got five assists, man. Yeah, top assists as well. Yeah, and she would have got more if they'd have scored the chances that they had in other games. Yeah. So Beth Mead, she's catapulted from being obviously a top player to Mead, just absolutely. She wasn't already. 100% world-class, man. And big up to the England ladies who made the team in the tournament. There was four. Mary Earps in goal. Brilliant. Um, Leah Williamson, the Maldini with football. Uh, <laughs> Beth Mead, Beth Mead, and obviously my love in the midfield, Kira Walsh. Um, massive. I know what, if I'd have got to gone to the parade on, when, when was it, Monday, I would have gone, but I understand the quick turnaround and it's, you know, they probably had it planned and so it's fine. But um, yeah, massive, massive achievement. But, you know, as we said at the start, Time will turn. We'll see. We'll see. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to come back to JC. Um, let's bring it back to Arsenal, people. So, um, sort of taking it back towards the end of last season, the disappointment of missing out on top four Champions League football. Um, what did you realistically expect Arsenal to do in this transfer window? Whether that be the amount of players coming in or who you wanted to see come in? I think it was it was evident from the way we lost out on top four that squad depth was going to be a big, big thing for Arsenal. And whilst it's very easy to get carried away with 
a big marquee signing, which you know you see quite often in football nowadays, especially with the the so-called top six or, or the big European giants. But yeah, it was very evident that Arsenal needed strength in depth. You know, as the season went on, um, you know, Tavares didn't work out. Um, there was not the right depth at right back, not the right depth in midfield and also out wide as well. So it, it seems as though Arteta and Edu so far have um, have addressed most of that. Um, don't get me wrong. It would it would be nice if Arsenal made, you know, a marquee signing, you know, that £80 million plus. It doesn't necessarily mean you're going to achieve top four next season. It doesn't mean you're going to achieve your goals. And that can come at a later date, those those final pieces of the puzzle, a little bit like Liverpool did a few years ago when they added your Van Dykes and your Allisons after a, you know, that core spine Casey, of the team. Sorry, bro. Just, to, just to come in quickly, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask you something as well. Um, I think with Arsenal fans, sections, by the way, let me use that keyword people before people start losing their minds. Um, I think they're too obsessed with, as you mentioned, the whole marquee signing thing and i'm going to give you an example what i mean because i see with certain you know arsenal youtube channels they're so insistent they're driving me the marquee signing some a lot of them a lot of them have changed their tune now oh you know what maybe we need to kind of go for a low i'm thinking but a lot of arsenal fans have been saying that for years but because of the snobbery you don't want certain players at the club so it's coming bruv swear but you know what you you make a good point right because Arsenal, it's, it's, it's evident that Arsenal need a um, another midfield player, left left eight, you know, for example, to upgrade on Shaka. Right? If Arsenal went out and spent eighty to one hundred million pounds on a central midfield player, didn't address left back, didn't address right wing, for example, and then come I don't know March in this season, and all of a sudden we've got an injury crisis, these are the same fans who'd be like, oh, why didn't we sign a left back? There you go. Yep. So it, it just it blows my mind. Um, and the fans can clearly see that after signing five or six players in the previous summer window and how well they've done, they're still questioning things. And Edu, as a lot of people have seen, have come out recently and done a, an interview on transparency about how the club's run, run is so refreshing. So for me personally, I'm, I'm happy to trust them from, for now. And... There's still a little bit of time in the window to go, so we'll yeah, have to wait and see. But I, I'm I'm happy with it so far. Okay, big up to you, man. We might get some um, marks out of ten for the window so far, man. <laughs> but I'll, I'll think. I'll, I'll, I'll give you time to think about. RJ, coming to you. Um, kind of touching on what I kind of said and what JC kind of said. Really, um, we've had many discussions about Arsenal from the hierarchy to to to, to the recruitment to the obsession with the sentiment side of it um as a fan sometimes with the players well, i want to ask you when we was linked with jesus now we obviously know now that was that that link goes back quite a long way to be honest with you we know that now we know that definitely now um what was your thoughts and what did you think of sort of the how can i put it the the unexcitement of some of the Arsenal fans in regards to this link with Jesus coming to Arsenal? Um, My personal opinion about Jesus, I wasn't, do you know what? I'll be very honest. I wasn't yeah, unhappy with it. I wasn't excited, if that makes if that makes sense. Because, yeah, yeah. you know, I mean, you've had private conversations about the strike force. And I've always said, I felt like 
we need two different type of options. And you know me, I like my target, man. But I've always <laughs> kind of felt like, okay, if we're getting Jesus in, then what about Enketia? Because I kind of saw them as kind of getting from behind type of players, you know? So I kind of thought, all right, we must be trying to do something different or maybe Enketia's going, but that wasn't the case. So I was kind of like, you know what? I'll give it a go. I like Jesus, but I never really thought about him in an Arsenal shot. And preseason is just, I know it's preseason, and I'm not going to get carried away, but I like a lot of what I saw. So, yes. hey, I'm happy with that. Um, in terms of the fan base, um, again, it kind of goes back to what you guys were saying about the marquee signers. I just kind of feel like you guys just give it a rest. <laughs> like, I just, personally, when you look at the strike, market like exactly who do you exactly. want us to go and get yeah realistically yeah i'm confused yeah. yeah like what did you think you can battle man city with harlem that was always happening we all knew that was gonna happen yeah. who 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 else who else i i need names that's the thing you know you, you've hit like, the, you've I, hit the you've hit the, you've you've hit the nugget on the head go on come in come in sorry no that's fine i just i just i just don't understand it i mean you know like jake said if you look at the last transfer window, and we signed so many players, it was kind of like, okay. Because at that point, I was kind of like, okay, we kind of covered the bases here. And, you know, also to Jake's point, if we spent um, a large amount of money in one area, and then, you know, by the time January, like last season, and all our players are getting injured, then what? It's just going to be huffing and puffing. It's like, do you see what we're trying to do here? We're actually trying to get rid of a lot of the crap. And let's be honest, there are a lot of players out here that are crap. All right. And the sentiment, we need to cut it off because that's that's holding us back that, just that, as that much yeah, as the dead Massively, players. massively, massively. I'm big you know? on that. Massively. So like exactly. And to be honest with you, it's not right. So everybody needs to take a chill pill. Let's clear out what we need to clear out. And see who else they're going to bring in. For, for me, I'll just say this straight. Minimum, me personally, I want three more players in if we can wow. do it. Hmm. Two will be fine. I, I have no issues with that. But just chill out, you know? And that's just my personal opinion on it. <laughs> you know what? We've got three in, but I'd like to see who comes in. But, gee, before I come to you, um, I'm sort of moving on from obviously I've asked Ryan about Jesus. Um, Obviously, Tielemans is still... That's been quite mm. ongoing. I mean, from my point of view, I, I look at it and think to myself, I don't know what JC and, and RJ think as well. If Arsenal really wanted him, not saying they would definitely get him, if they, if they really, really wanted him, I just find it a little bit odd that a player within the last year of his contract, I, I don't think he's going to sign the contract at Leicester unless something majorly happens between discussions between him and Leicester or... Brendan Rodgers, but do, do you see that deal happening? And, and also, what does make me, what does, again, come back to what I said about the fans, I, I always say this to Arj, I said, you can't have it both ways. Like, for example, we bought Ben White on, oh, no, no, we bought the wrong Brighton defender. Are you serious? <laughs> what, you're trying to tell me as an Arsenal fan, when people, there was a good, people that I know, I like Lewis Dunk. I've got no issue with Lewis Dunk at Brighton for the last two, three, four years. 
the minute his name got mentioned, oh my, nah, no chance, nah, man, he's not good enough, man. We don't need Lewis Dunk or Duffy or none of them, man. We don't need any of them. Now we have Ben White. Right. We got the wrong defender. You wanted Dan Byrne. If any Arsenal mm -hmm. fan is, is going to be brutally honest with us three or people in the chat, you tell me you wanted Dan Byrne or Arsenal, you're lying. You're absolutely lying through your teeth. So what is it, bro? Like, even I, I see stuff in the Tielemans stuff, right? The Tielemans links. With certain, I watch certain podcasts. I always mm. say, as much as we have channels, right? I'm a viewer. Yeah. I'm in the chat. I see what people are saying. The disrespect I see this guy get is mad to me. It's madness. It's utter madness. The thing is, and the ironic thing is, G, right? I always say this. People watch. I don't think, it's in my own honest opinion, not speaking for anybody else, I don't think a lot of Arsenal fans watch football outside of watching Arsenal. Yeah. Yeah. So if you go and watch a Premier League game where Leicester's playing and Tielemans is ripping it up for the next three or four months, oh my God, you know, I love him at Arsenal. I love him at the red carpet. No, 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 no. You go and watch YouTube channels. Defensively, he's rubbish. We've got Xhaka. I'm thinking, are you, are you man all right? We ain't had Champions League football for six years. We're, mm -hmm. that we're being linked with man, players, that would improve our team squad tenfold. Mm -hmm. And you're complaining. <clears throat> Bruv, make it make sense to me. G, talk to me, G. Yeah, it's 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 a weird one, man. And it's it's always important to kind of say, you know, that keyword sections because yeah, it it's is. like you know, you, you look at you look at this Arsenal squad, and I've kind of got to the point now where it's just like for me, it's just cutthroat, it's just ruthless, you know what I mean? It's like um, I put up these, I've got this tweet running now at the moment where every time we, we get rid of a player, I put up a, a kind of confirmation of, of the ones that I want to go out. Yeah. And it's crazy because it's like, I get responses like, no, Nelson needs to stay. He needs to have a chance. And oh my Pepe God. deserves another season. And I'm like, for what? Like, for what, what? what's he staying here for? Do you know what I mean? It's like, you, I don't understand it. It's like you get the same fans that want us to be in the Champions League. They want us to be, you know, um, challenging for a title. If you're going to be challenging for a title or Champions League, you're not going to have Reese Nelson on the right or the left-hand side of your, or your front three. It's, no. just, it's just not going to happen. No. Do you know what I mean? And it's like, it's, it's, it's annoying. It's got to the point where I kind of just ignore it. Um, that, that's, that's more or less what I do. So in mm. terms of like the Tillemans deal, um, I, I really don't know what's going on. Um, yeah, I can it's, only mad. Go, it's mad. I can only go by what is being reported. And what's being reported, that personal terms have already agreed. He basically wants to be at Arsenal, but Arsenal are basically um, waiting for the window to wind down so they can get him on the cheap because Leicester will be in a position where they're forced to basically accept, um, you know, 25, 30 million at the end of the window, which theoretically makes a lot of sense. At the same time, when you've got a league campaign that's about to kick off, you surely you'd want your best team together as quickly as possible. And there is always an outside chance that a team could come in and compete for a signature. So it, it's a tricky one. If if if, I, if you're going to ask me, will it go through? I think it will. I think at the moment, I think if you look at the, the this last week, we've seen four players over the last kind of maybe four or five days, four players yeah. leave Arsenal, whether that be on loan. Um, or permanent moves, and there are more going to go. Um, I think there's going to be a significant number of players moved on between now and the end of the window. And it's important to note that, yes, we have done some good, fantastic early business, but we also have a massively inflated squad. 
Yeah. Um, so we do need to move on a significant amount of players, either be it on loan or permanent, for us to bring in a couple of players. So I think the Tillemans deal will get done. Um, I don't know why people were against the signing of Jesus players. I've like got Sinchenko. no idea. Yes. Yeah. I've watched. I've watched. I've watched Lacazette up front last season. So I, I'm not sure why. You know, I, I heard crazy people. I heard crazy narratives like give, give him a year, in, give him another year. Lacazette's not in the team to score goals, and I'm like, okay. So what, what's he there for then? <laughs> to, to play, to play, to play DM. Come on, man. <laughs> Do you know what I'm saying? It's ridiculous. It's like, I just yeah. feel like Arsenal fans just always want either an argument or something. To they do. About. Do you know yeah. what I mean? So, yeah, it's it's nuts. If it was up to me between now and 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 the end of the window, um, there's there's quite a few players I'd still I'd still sell. I'd move yeah. on Torreira. I'd move on Bellerin. I'd move on, you know, um, what's his name? Oh, gosh, there's so many. Pepe. There's Mari, Pepe, Pepe Nelson. Nelson. Mari. Mari looks like so many that I would move on. looks like there's so many I'd move on. And for me, I'm with RJ. I don't think we're gonna get free, but I want free. I want a left center mid to play in that number eight role. Um, I want a forward player or a winger that can play across the front free or give us another dimension up top. And I want a left center back. Um, Mari's going holding for yeah. me. Saliba, Gabriel, and and Ben White are levels above holding in terms of overall play. He's a good defender, but he suits he suits a Burnley or a Stoke. Eleven yeah. men behind the ball, you know, trying to trying to eke out a nil nil or a one nil win. He doesn't suit the way we play. So for me, I would preferably obviously get Mari out of there. I might keep holding for this season, but I would target definitely a, a left centre back. So I want three players to come in between now and the end of the window, but. I'm starting to feel like that it probably will be just the one. And I think that will be in centre mid. No, because no, great stuff, man. Great stuff. Jason, we'll come to you quickly. Um, obviously done a great scouting report on Jesus. So if anybody didn't see that and you have any doubts about Jesus, if you don't believe Jake or Arsenal analyze, then watch go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Then, I don't know. Go watch YouTube clips. I, I, I don't know what I mean. Yeah, JC, like um, who's the players gone up? How was gonna talk about that? Yeah, I was gonna say so. I know RJ's mentioned about probably three more players coming in. He would like three more players coming in, sorry, and probably G agrees with that as well. If there was one area, say if only one signing was coming in, for example, in the next few weeks or whatever, what area of the pitch for you that do you want Arsenal to strengthen? Um, I'd, I'd say it has to be that left, left eight, centre mid, however you want to wrap it up. Favorite. Um yeah, yeah. I do agree with G. I, I, I think that we still need a, a wide forward um, who can play across the front three and a left-sided centre-back. But when you look at the squad and where we're most desperate um, and where it potentially most hurt us last season, where it hasn't been addressed yet, is central midfield. When we lost Thomas Partey towards the back end of last season and we were playing one week with Shaka at left-back and Sambi in there on his own and then... Then it was Sambi and Shaka, and then it was Shaka and El Nenny and stuff. It was madness, like absolutely yeah, yeah, yeah. madness, right? And, and whether or not it's you know a Tielemans coming in to to compete with Shaka or play alongside him or to replace him, whatever it may be, we need that squad depth. Not only because we're now involved in an extra competition next season. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's the thing. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. You know. Everyone's getting excited about party and he's been great in pre-season and blah, 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 blah. He hasn't been fit for a whole season yet since yeah. signing for Arsenal. And there's no guarantees 
that it's going to happen this coming season. And if he does yeah. get injured again, we've got to look at where that rotation comes from. Mm. So it's massively, massively important that we get a, a left-sided midfield player in. And I, I've got a, a, a small inkling that I, I don't actually know if we've if we've bid yet for Tielemans because I referenced it I earlier on. Have. I don't think we and have. It's, I don't know if you guys watched the Edu interview, but he said that there was this one occasion where he went to Dortmund and, and since he said that, everyone's speculating who this player is. But the point is, is apparently all the player kept going on about was money and he walked away from it because he only wants players that want to play for Arsenal. Tielemans is reportedly an Arsenal fan in love with the club oh. at a cut price with a year left on his contract, like, what more do you need? So, yeah, J- JC, you're, you're spot on, mate. I, this is this is the thing. Um, we often hear so much, you know, we get blown out of the water by the likes of Liverpool City and, you know, other... You have a player that is available in, in, in the last year of his contract. He's not going to bankroll us. No brainer. He's at the right age. He would improve us. I, I, I don't get the cons. I, I just this is what I say with, about the, some of the Arsenal fans. Like, why would you disrespect Tielemann? Tielemann, sorry, but you're happy to keep on any. It makes this no sense to me. Bro, no you see, you see, at the end of last season, yeah, I was, I was like, I was done. Like, honestly, and I, I'm, I'm still very much like that. Don't the thing with me is once the club makes a decision on a player. I will just shut my mouth and back the player. But I wanted Eddie gone. I wanted yeah. Elneny gone. I wanted Cedric gone. I wanted all these players gone. But at the end of the day, if the club's made a decision to, to give Eddie a new contract, I'm not going to still bang on about get rid of Eddie, get rid of Eddie, because it yeah. doesn't matter. It doesn't make sense. I might as well get behind the kid, because at the end of the day, I'm going to watch him for the, for the whole season. And if I don't you know, come to terms with him being in an Arsenal shirt, I'm just going to send myself mad. So, but for someone like Eddie, who, who I will say has impressed me in pre-season, the, that calibre of player I wanted to go at the back end of last season. And I keep saying to people, um, you know, in the past, I've had so many Twitter debates, YouTube conversations, etc. And I keep saying, if you want to be a top six side or top four or challenge for the title, you have to compare the players you have in your first 11 with those that are challenging for the title. So while you're happy to keep the likes of El Nenny because he's a good character, while you're happy to give keep keep the likes of Pepe and Nelson because they deserve another chance, ne- those players are not even getting on the bench for those teams that are challenging for the title. So yeah. you have to decide what you want. I want my yeah. team to be in the Champions League and I want my team to be challenging for the title. And I can clearly see with my own eyes from watching Arsenal week in, week out, certain players are not going to be good enough no. to get us there. Yeah. So if you're happy to see the likes of Reese Nelson and El Nene in the Arsenal squad, that's fine. But don't yeah. get annoyed when exactly. we start to finish top six. Well said. Well that, said. That's, that's, that's the simple because yeah. if, you're, if you're wanting those players, but are then getting annoyed and calling for Arteta's head when we finish out the top six... Then I, 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 you, you need to get your mind tested because the, the, the two don't, the two don't, no, but the two don't marry up. Yeah, no, to add to that, RJ will know what I'm talking about. I can't. Where did I see it again? And I said to you, someone was talking about Onneni, and they said, "Oh, it's like getting a new signing." And I watched that, and I said to myself, "What's going on here? What's happening?" Listen, like I don't, I, I don't get it. I don't get it. So sometimes when people say that. Some Arsenal fans deserve it. 
hundred percent. I, I kind of get it. I, I do. I do get it. I, I honestly, I do get. It. I, I don't yeah. understand what's going on. But guys, big up to the people in the chat uh, on this Wednesday night. Even I forgot the days, man. Um, smash the like button, like I said, and obviously follow my esteemed guests on the Twitter handles in the box in the screen, and also they have YouTube channels, which I'll give them a plug at some point. Um, bit of a gear change. And this, this kind of came to me sort of today. I don't know why it did. It just did. Um, RJ, I'm going to come to you first. Amazon documentary. So I'll give you my quick thoughts. Um, when I first heard about it, I mean, you know, people have this thing about being in the know and people know this, know that. I'm in a couple of good Arsenal group chats, right? Um, I get told things which do come to fruition, but... I'm not one of them people that go around telling everybody and go and share it on Twitter because I, I don't get no clout out of doing that. There's no point in me doing it. Why would I do it? Like, you know, there were murmurs about this um, documentary. That was, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to say that, oh yeah, I definitely knew it was going to happen because I didn't. But people who followed Arsenal from probably before I was even born, probably to be honest, said, no, look, there's rumours this could be happening. Um, my first thoughts, I'll be honest, was, Mm, will I watch it? Mm, not really sure, to be honest with you. That was my first thought. Um, there's still some people like that now. They don't really care. There's some people like, oh, yeah, this is going to be good. But sometimes I think, sometimes it's timing. Um, if It depends how Arsenal are doing at that precise moment, whether it be in the league position, uh, the recruitment, um, who's in or out. But yeah, I just want to sort of get you guys' thoughts about it, really. Because um, it's obviously, I think it's been, it tomorrow's going to be a screen, is it? The first episode? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Arjun, coming to you, what was sort of your first thoughts when you heard about it? Um, and is there is there any pros and cons of it? Boy, boy. Um, my first thought about it. Um, how can I, how can I, it's going to be a little bit split. Um, at Go first, on. I was a bit like, I don't even want to see this because I'm yeah. ready to see what type of foolishness is going on. And of course, my emotion at that point was what was going on in the pitch and yeah, behind yeah, yeah, the scenes yeah. and all that. Stuff, do you know what I mean? And then I started to think, and it even adds to my point more now as I've seen more trailers come out. And I kind of said to myself, no, do you know what? Let me see what's going on. Because I know a lot of people, me also included, will probably want to see a little bit more of the whole... Arteta, Aubameyang situation yeah. and what led to his exit and, you know, Eddie and Ketty or Lacazette, all the other, all, all the stuff, you know, and maybe get an in-depth inside view of Mick Arteta as a manager rather than, you know, what we see on the pitch as well. So from my point of view now, I'm more interested now as, you know, yeah. as the window's gone on and how the season even though it was, it ended up disappointing. But mm. to where we were when we in the first, what two, three games where we were, up to yeah. where we finished, it's going to be very intriguing, you know. So um, yeah, I'm actually kind of looking forward to it now. More so have you got, you, so have you got the popcorn ready to watch it then? Yeah, I've got the what? popcorn. You best believe I've got something. <laughs> I've got snacks. I've got deliveries. I've got drink, yo. We got it all. We got it all. We're ready. We're ready. We're ready. Home yeah, cinema. No, 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 well said. No, well said. It, it it just popped up to me today. I thought, let me ask the guys, Jeremy, because um, 
I know how I thought when I first heard about it. Um, have I changed a little bit more now? Mm, probably, obviously, like RJ mentioned about the clips being shown, the sort of the trailer clips. Um, but yeah, coming to um, JC, yeah, same question, man. Like, what, what, what's your thoughts? And also, as well, you know what I think, right? Now, obviously, there's a lot of the Arsenal fans that. How can I put this, JC? Um, that like Mikel Arteta. That's 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 not a different different way I can put it. I I I think I've not ever seen it, but I I know what's gonna kind of happen. Um, yeah, I think it's gonna it's gonna for the ones that already like him and are in love with him and 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 he can't do no wrong. I just think it's gonna emphasize that. Yeah, and vice versa. Yeah, well, you would, yeah, probably, yeah. So, what's your, what's your sort of thoughts in the beginning when you heard about it, and um, how you feeling about it being coming up soon? And yeah, what you, what's your thoughts? Yeah, initially, to be to be fair, I was um, I was really excited. Um, I watch a lot of sporting documentaries, and you know, I've seen seen some of the other ones, barring the the Spurs one, um, mm. and just being the way I'm wired with liking my in-depth analysis and getting under the skin of things. I was I was really excited. And then we went to Scotland in pre-season, lost and lost our first three games of the season. And I was like, oh, my God. Yeah. Going to get absolutely ridiculed. Um, but, yeah, as the season went on, um, you know, things changed. I started to get a little bit more behind it again. Um, I am going to watch it. I am looking forward to it. I've seen some of the trailers of the yeah. team talks. The one with Arteta um, referencing his heart. Uh, before the Norwich game, I seen one earlier with um, Stuart McFarlane, the photographer. The photographer. Yes, yeah, 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 before the, yeah. Before the Spurs game and stuff like that. Good so that was a good watch. That was I did. Yeah, I did it was. It was. I hope they haven't wasted all the good clips on uh, on social media. <laughs> so. <laughs> but um, yeah, no, I I am looking forward to it, and I think, and I'm I'm kind of hoping that it will show the 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 human side because we don't get to see that with these players. You know, we we get yes. we see the abuse that they get on social media. Or, or the praise that they get or the, the criticisms they get from pundits. But we don't actually really ever get to see what they do realistically. It's all cherry-picked. When we see training pictures and videos, it's, it's cherry-picked. When we see highlights, Very. it's cherry-picked. So this is probably in that sort of same bracket, but a little bit more detailed. So I am looking forward to it. No, great stuff, man. Gee, yeah, coming to you, bro. What's your, what's your, what's, what's your thoughts? You know what? It's been a bit of a roller coaster in terms of like the the the, the, the you know the Amazon documentary that's coming out. I think um, I'm going to watch it definitely. I've cleared my work schedule tomorrow to watch the first three episodes. <laughs> I'm just like I, as soon as it comes out. I know it's coming out tonight at midnight, but I'm not staying yeah, up yeah. for it tomorrow. I'm going to just binge watch the first three episodes, and then I think the following three are next Thursday. But yeah, yeah. I'm a bit, yeah, I was having this conversation in, in one of the Twitter group chats today. I'm, I'm a bit sceptical. I'm a bit 50-50 about it. Um, I feel personally it came at the wrong time in terms of Arteta's project. I think it would have been a lot better um, maybe, you know, if this Amazon Prime documentary was happening now um, or maybe a season or two down the line in terms of his project at Arsenal. Um, just because I think... At the stage of it being, you know, filmed, there yeah. was just oh, such a mess going on. Oh. However, yeah. that might be, you know, the content that, you know, as as RJ and Jake, as JC has said, it's it will be very interesting to see how, you know, certain situations were resolved, particularly with the whole Abamian captaincy and stuff like that. 
Um, I think some of the clips I've seen, like you've mentioned already, I think have been absolutely fantastic. And it has made me kind of become a bit more interested because at one point I just kind of said, point blank, I'm not going to watch it. Um, I just think I don't see the point. So I'm a bit 50-50. I'm definitely going to watch it. Um, I do think it, it came a couple of years too early. Um, but mm -hmm. also I think the timing of the release for me is a bit odd. Um, we're starting a new Premier League campaign on Friday, Mad. but we're, yeah. we're reflecting on last season on Thursday. And then it's going to be ongoing, you know, once the new... Like, for me, we've had all summer, you know, of transfer window where yeah. we could have been reflecting on last season and digesting this content. So, for me, the, the, I, I'm the sure timing. they have their reasons. But yeah. for me, I would have released it a couple of weeks ago. Um, when there was a period of time for all Arsenal fans when, you know, there was there was not much else to talk about on Twitter other than, you know, I rate Xhaka and I don't rate Xhaka. Do you know what I mean? So that would have that would have been a perfect time to release this documentary and give us something to really kind of get our teeth into. So I think the timing's a bit weird. Um, what I will say in terms of another con, it sounds like I'm not in favour of this, is yeah. that I think if we start this season poorly, Oof, and we yeah. have a poor run of results. This is going to be absolute ammunition for rival fans to meme and troll yeah. the hell out of our club. Because, and, and people might say, oh, that doesn't matter. It's rivals. It's banned. No, it does matter. It, does it, it matter. actually it does, does matter. matter. If we go into this league season, God forbid, and we do really, really poorly, you know, all those clips about these inspirational team talks and so forth. <laughs> It's just that we're just going to be, we're going to be absolutely I'm ripped. deactivating it. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be, it's going to be the toilet, mate. Yeah, 100%, ripped. mate. Do you know what I mean? And I, I do yeah, think what, what, I do think what Jake said in terms of re, and, and what you said, Albert, in terms of reinforcing narratives, what's going to happen is, you know, the yeah. likes of us are going to watch this documentary and we're going to enjoy it and we're going to take it in, we're going to analyze it and we're going to see it for what it is. Others are just going to say, "See, this is why Teta's my guy," and then other yeah, people are going to say, "Look, this is why this is why Teta was only Pep's cone guy." They're just yeah, going to yeah. use it as adults <laughs> to up their narrative. It's true. It's you know true. what I mean? So the, the, whole oh, message, the whole message of this documentary with our fan base is going to yeah. get completely lost. Yeah, yeah, it's going to get completely lost. There is a, there is a minority of us. That will that will watch it, enjoy it, and take from it whatever we need to take from yeah. it. But the vast majority of the Arsenal fan base, particularly online, the whole message will be completely lost. Yeah. Because 100%. as 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 the gentleman, I've forgotten his name, um, Black Panther, the guy who narrates the show, as yeah. he said, most Arsenal fans are absolute. Yeah, yeah. You know, he said in his interview, I won't say it on the stream, but yeah, yeah, of course, yeah, yeah. it's um, I, I'm I'm not sure. I'm not sure if I if I'm completely honest. I, I would I if I'm completely honest, I would have preferred if they didn't do it. Yeah. That's just me. No, I, I, yeah. I, I, no. I kind of feel like certain things I kind of feel like not everything has to become a reality TV show or has to be told. I kind of think, you know what, what I'm I'm quite content not knowing what goes on in the dressing room. I'm quite yeah. content as an as an Arsenal fan. You know, I want to see results. I want to see passion on the pitch. I want to see ambition on and off the pitch. And I'm quite happy to not delve into the club um, to the extent of this documentary. So we'll see. Who knows? I, I might love it. But yeah, I'm sceptical if I'm honest. No, big up to you guys. Yeah, like I said, literally this, that, that kind of question came to me um, just today. I thought, you know what? Let me ask the guys, see what they thought. If, if it's any different from what I was thinking when it first got announced and 
Obviously, it's coming up very, very soon. Uh, much love to you guys. People on Facebook Live, smash a like if you're watching it on there and obviously on YouTube as well. And um, yeah, we're going to wrap up the show literally in two seconds. But I want to get you guys a score predictions for Palace on Friday, starting with JC. Oh, so funnily enough, I did a match preview on my channel earlier on, so I can't deviate from that now. So, <laughs> um, <laughs> but um, I, I broke it down into two categories my head and my heart because it's they're yeah, always telling me different things. And um, let's be honest, first game of the season away, Selhurst Park, mm. I would have rather a different fixture to be honest with you. Patrick Vieira, he's got those boys organized. Um, my head was telling me two all. My heart was saying three one win to Arsenal. But Ooh. yeah, we'll have to wait and see. I was crunching the numbers, you know me, I like to crunch my numbers <laughs> and stuff like that. But yeah, yeah. then you have to take you have to take preseason with a pinch of salt as well. So it's mm. it's difficult. I've seen a lot of Arsenal fans going for a two-nil Arsenal win. Ooh. So mm. but yeah, that's mm. that's me, head and heart. Okay, cool, man. No, no worries, man. I'll let you off. Um, G, coming to you, bro. You know what? Yeah, I, I'm usually quite skeptical, but at the same time, I've I've, I've got to back the boys because I, I I think we've had a. I think we've had the best preseason we could have imagined, personally. Yeah. Um, and I think a lot of that to do with, is to do with the early business we've done, the form of the team. We look absolutely phenomenal, albeit with preseason, we do look good. Um, and I've been very impressed with us all across the pitch. So I think we're going to win this game. Um, it's not going to be as comfortable as a lot of people think, because as JC said, you know, Crystal Palace are no pushovers. It's one of the hardest places to go in the Premier League. Nobody yeah. wants that as an opening future of this Premier League season, no. particularly with the fact that you got, you know, Patrick there, you know, getting them them guys well drilled, well up for this match. So um, I'm going to go for an Arsenal win, but I think we'll nick it 2-1. Oh, see. I'm going to go next and I'll bring RJ to finish up. Um well, I was on JC channel, so I'm not going to deviate away from that. I said Arsenal get a draw. Um, so I'm going to go for... Oh, I'm going to go for 1-1. One, one. RJ, to finish up weekly surgery, episode 13. Season 2, by the way, people. <laughs> go, on, go on, bro. What are you saying? You can catch us on, you can catch us on Amazon Prime right after <laughs> all the matches. No. <laughs> I, my own opinion, this is a tough match. Um... Oh, it's Palace is always a tough. It's always a tough. Our record there is, is awful. No, it's, it's not great. No, it's not yeah. great. I think like in our last five, we only won there once. I'm honest. That was Roy Hodgson's <laughs> retirement. Yeah. Well, his first retirement. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. for me, I've got. I just gotta be straight. I think we're gonna draw. Okay. Um, I think it's just gonna be two two. So I can give everyone. Yeah, we're gonna win. We're gonna set. No. Yeah, I know Palace too well, and we know Vieira. We know how they they are, especially when it gets Arsenal as well. You know Zaha's gonna be ready. If Eze's fit, you know what's gonna be happening. I'm glad at least Eze's back, brother. I like Eze. Those are the two players I mentioned in my preview: Eze and Zaha. They just love it. They love it. Yeah, exactly. I'm glad Michael Elise's injured. I'm telling you right now, the way this Arsenal fan base is and the way we're on such a high at the moment, we, yeah, we yeah. get nothing but three points in that match. Arteta route will be trending. Yeah, 100%. Mm. It's, you know it's just a way for us to absolutely smash pre-season and then yeah. lose like 2-3-0 yeah. Yeah. Yeah, on Friday. Madness. If we lose that game, I'm literally logging off for like days. 
I'm not even gonna. I'm, I'm not even gonna go on Twitter. <laughs> I'm not even gonna bother, bro. We're not even gonna bother. No, no, no. Big up to you guys, man. Uh, great, great, great to come back and do weekly surgery. It's been a long, long time, man. Absolutely. Um, so yeah, want to plug you guys' channels, man. You deserve it, man. RJ, where can the people find you, my friend? Well, first of all, thank you for inviting me back on to Weekly Surgery, Albert. Appreciate it. G, JC, it's great to link up with you brothers once again. Uh, guys, if you want to catch me, of course, my channel's under construction at the moment, but you can hit me up on Twitter at RJ Wills. Very honest, very straight shoot. And uh, if you don't like what I say, tough luck. <laughs> Basically, tough. If you do, it's tough. No, well said, man. Yeah, much love, bro. Listen, new season, more collabs to come, man. Don't worry about that, man. Um, JC, coming to you, bro. Listen, man, you've been doing some mad movements recently, man. Proud of you, man. You keep doing, man, keep, keep, keep your finger on the pulse, bro. We're gonna get, we're gonna listen, man. We're gonna try and get Fabrizio on there, man. Listen, listen, <laughs> we're, we're, we're gonna have a conversation during the week, right? We're gonna have a hit list. We'll have a hit list. Go worldwide, mate. We'll go worldwide. You know my hit list. Personally, you guys know. But listen, it might take a bit of time to get this particular person on. But if I've got him on, it'd be fantastic. But yeah, JC, go on, bro. No, well, listen, like like RJ said, like really appreciate the invite. I think it's my second appearance weekly surgery, on, yeah, uh, on weekly surgery. So yeah. um, I look, look forward to making my hat trick sometime in yeah. the future. Of course. But um, if, uh, if anyone is interested, it's literally at Arsenal Analyzed or Arsenal Analyzed on YouTube. And as, as it says in the title, anything to do with analysis and Arsenal, it's pretty self-explanatory. Come follow me. Come find me. Thank you very much, Albert. No, no worries, man. People, you hear that? Audio listeners, you know what to do, man. YouTube, Facebook, you know what to do. G, to close the show, bro, tell the people where they can find you, man. Yeah, man. No, big up, big up, Albert, man. I, no, what's you know what I mean, it's, it's obviously we talk daily, man. Do you know what I mean? It is what it is. But yeah, no, it's always a pleasure coming on your show. Um, I always feel privileged. And to be invited, so thank you for that. Obviously, wicked, no um, being on here with RJ and Jake that I speak to on a regular basis as well. So no, I really enjoyed the show. But yeah, um, if you want to follow me on Twitter and Instagram, and that is basically at G Talks Arsenal. Really, really easy, easy because I'm G and I talk Arsenal. But obviously, uh, the channel um, at Canon Chatter, well, Canon Chatter TV. We've got a show in about 15 minutes time yes. where we're basically going to be doing something very similar, talking transfers, preview to the season and looking ahead to Palace. So if you haven't got anything to do uh, this evening, then please do stay on YouTube for um, Canon Chatter TV at 9.30pm. We'll kick off. Uh, but yeah, that's that. Um, yeah, I'm all good. Thank you for having me on the show. No, much love for you guys, man. Like I said, Arsenal brothers, man. Listen, it's weekly surgery. I don't bring anybody on here, you know. Trust me, man. Surgery is important on this channel, man. <laughs> But people, as you know, as you know, your host Albert JTV is back. Um, I was away, not away for a little bit, but I was covering the women's Euros, obviously on G's channel as a joint broadcast. But no, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Really, really liked it. Um, knew it's coming for a while. So um, for England to go and win it was just the ice on the cake, man. Honestly, it's fantastic. Um, but yeah, Albert JTV at AUMO57. Um, listen, there'll be more live stories coming this season. There'll be more collabs on other people's channels. Um, Keep striving. And thank you for once again for many people that got me to the 1K and above. So um, it's much appreciated, man. Um, we got there in the end, man. So much, much love. And people in the chat, I'm sending you virtual hugs now, man. Thank you, man. But um, yeah, that is Weekly Surgery over and out for, what's that? Episode 13. So people, obliterate the like button and I'll see you soon. <laughs>